Welcome to the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and Kyle Gregg. Okay, listeners, thanks very much for coming back again for episode number three. We've had a great response in the last week with some awesome feedback, so really, really appreciate you coming along and listening to the show. Absolutely. We've had over 300 listens last week, which is amazing. Uh, some great feedback some great, um, lovely messages from uh, friends and people that we don't know. I think a few shout-outs from both me and Kyle. Firstly, a uh, big shout-out to Kirsten at the P&J, who kindly got in touch last week and did a wee interview for us, and uh, we featured on page three. A couple of tits on page three. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, uh, yeah, so that was good. We got some great lessons uh, there. We think some probably, you know, boost there. And uh, yeah, really good to see some shares. A uh, big shout out to James Cruikshank, who's been sharing and, and uh, reviewing, and which has been great. And you know, uh, a lot of metros who've uh, too many to mention. But yeah, thank you very much for your feedback. A personal thanks. Yeah. We've had 10K suggestions, Kyle, for July. Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. And, and, and certainly on, on about the Press and Journal page and page three. Um, yeah, there was meant to be a picture, but uh, I think there was a court story or something. Yeah. So they, they took out that um, that picture of us just in our tartan running shorts. So that's a shame. That um, is a big shame. Yeah. We'll maybe get that on the show notes at some point um, for the for the listeners to view. Exactly. Some criminal so, getting getting better of us. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So um. So what have you been up to in the last week, Carl? Oh, not much. Um. Just a again, it is a running podcast after all. So just a bit <laughs> of training. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go over the training just to bore you. Um, so yeah, just two weeks ago I was doing the Highland Fling. These will be, I'm sure you'll know all about that now. Um, so the last week was really just um, bumping up the volume again um, and getting stuck back into a good, hard, solid effort of training. So yeah, Monday Mondays tends to be an easy day. Um, Tuesday as well is quite an easy day. Wednesday and Saturday were my key sessions. So on the Wednesday, I went out for a three times three miles, hilly trails, um, kind of a threshold pace. I'm just going to pause there, right? Because this is something I haven't mentioned on the show yet. I've got a terrible lisp, and I listened to my podcast back when I went for a run. It was actually on this 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 run, actually. Um, so, yeah, apologies for my lisp. Uh, hopefully it doesn't put you off, but... I can't really say my threes properly, but I'm, I'm, I can't do it when I say it slow, so I just need to listen to when I... So try not to say the number three too many times. Rubbish, rubbish. Yeah, I think it's because I've got a big tongue, something like that, I don't know. Hey-ho. Anyway, that's what happens when you do a podcast, you get paranoid of how you sound on it, but I'm sure you um, like I said, the reviews seem to be quite good. So, yeah, sorry, sorry to backtrack there. Um, yeah, so I did a three times three miles on the hilly trails around um, Money Musk, um, Pit Ficky Forest. It was a bit of a ball ache, to be honest. Um, I think I ran about 1,300 feet of climb. Um, uh, but yeah, it was it was good. And then I then did another session, kind of similar to what I just just did on the Wednesday. Um, it was three times 20 minutes, but this time it was only 300 feet of climbing, um, and that was at a quicker pace of 5:40 per mile uh, for each of the 20 minute segments. Um, in fact, it was actually, it started off about, uh, my first 20 minutes was about 5.44, maybe 5.38 actually, and then it went to 5.34, and then 
down to five twenty nine for the second twenty minute, the third twenty minutes. Um, so yeah, that was that was quite a promising session. Um, what I were you shooting? What, what were you shooting for? Um, I did do that session in the winter, but it was a lot colder. Um, and I think I was a little bit quicker, but I'm I'm not overly fast. Um, sometimes you just have to go by feel rather than pace. So I wasn't mm-hmm. too bothered about the pace uh, too much. It wasn't a kind of trail. It was quite a good runnable trail. Um, it was actually where I got my uh, GB top nicked. Um, just along the D side line, but I couldn't see it, so it was I was giving everyone the eyeballs to. So you say you've been done over twice. We've been done over. Like, you've been done over by someone stealing your GB top and done over by criminals taking our spot on page three. Exactly. What is it with people who you don't like? What is it with people who don't like runners? I know. Honestly. Anyway, so after the run, after that solid session, um, my my champion wife. Debbie went, she did the same kind of run as well. She did, oh, what did she do? She did 80 minutes of, of, of work. Um, so it was slightly different to what I did. And then we went for ice cream and um, kind of, yeah, a fridgey. You know those fridgies you get? Oh God, just bought one of them and nice. just chilled out in the in the field in, in a boin and in the 12 degrees Celsius weather. So there you go. And then on the Sunday... I just did a long, easy run, um, but it was in, oh God, where was it? Kildrummy, Kildrummy Forest, which uh, it was more replicating the kind of climbing that you're doing in, in the race in, next month in Mozart in Salzburg, uh, and that was about 5,000 feet of climbing, um, and it was a much slower pace of 840 per mile. So How far did you run? It was, uh, well, I was, I was meant to do 26, sorry, sorry coach, I only did 20. Um, Slacker. Ach, I was sore. It was it was a it was just time on feet rather than distance again. So yeah, I was happy with that. Um, and then mm. during during that week, one last thing to, to mention. I know I'm boring the the, the tits off of you, you listeners going by the, the tit theme. Sorry guys. Um, I started doing some heat training as well because I know Salzburg's going to be quite warm next month. Uh, so I've just been hitting the saunas uh, three times last week. And yeah, just started off at 15 minutes. Um, tried to build up to 20, uh, and uh, it's a really warm sauna at ASV, which is great. Um, but I'm, I'm struggling. I used to be able to do about half an hour in there, so I think somebody's been playing silly <laughs> buggers and uh, cranked the temperature up and just laughed at me as I, I kind of walk walk out half half dead from from only 20 minutes of. Of heat training, so. so how does yeah, that work? That how does that work, Cal? You do your you do your run, then you go into the sauna, or, or just it's just yeah. a standalone sauna. Yeah, no, I usually do the run first in the morning, uh, just an easy run in the morning, uh, and then I'll then just pop into the sauna for twenty minutes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of studies saying that if you you know you do two or three sauna sessions per week, um, twenty minutes of of working there, just sitting down, you don't even need to do any work. I tend to stretch in there, which you could kind of combine it with a hot yoga session, I suppose. Um, but I just sit there and lie down, usually. Uh, but yeah, that seems to be working for me. It certainly helped last at last year's World Championships because um, that heat there was about 30, 28 degrees. Um, so yeah, that was, that was good. And then just to, to finish that off, my Sunday, my, my runs are starting, I'm starting to fast. Um, so, you know, not run with any fuel before my, my hard sessions. Um, so my 20 miler was a fasted one um, so again the emphasis is on fat burning which is 
which was quite quite good, but quite quite slow as well. Um, you know, you don't you don't really feel that you've got much energy when you're running on empty, I suppose, which makes a lot of sense. So there you go. Um, anyway, that's that's a long-winded um, training week for me. Uh, Tom, over at you. How was your week? Yeah, my week was okay. It wasn't quite as big as yours. I think you were what eighty plus miles this week. It's good going. Really uh, getting those miles in. Yeah, well, I did a bit of cycling as well. I forgot to add nice. that in. Um, in fact, I should have. Sorry, sorry, Tom, back to me. Um, yeah, me, me and Debbie took me out for a ride again, just a cycle ride, uh, and she just, I, I was trying to, gonna, I was going to stick with her all the way to the, for an hour back, an hour out and an hour back. Um, I got to, just as she finished her warm-up, and I was just drafting, drafting off her, uh, and then she put in her, 10 minute surge and she just completely left me for dead uh, I tried to stay behind her I couldn't um, so I just uh, hobbled I, it was, I just went back I just did an about turn headed back home and I sulked and I ran I probably cycled I think it was about 45 minutes instead of 2 hours with a, with my tail between my legs um, and no tailwind in the way back either so that was a bit of a pain but hey ho anyway back to you Tom <laughs> No, it's your weakest form, interesting than mine. Uh, I had uh, started to get back into running last week after the... I took about two weeks off after uh, London. So last week I had a... What did last week cast my mind back? I had an easy run on Monday and uh, on just a easy lunch run, four miles. Then on Tuesday I did another easy run, uh, another five-miler. Again, starting to legs are starting to come back to me. I had really tight quads after the after the cycling, so it was good to shake those out. By Wednesday, I felt okay, so I went for a session as part of this yeah. sort of build up towards back towards ten k speed. So I did six by three minutes, and uh, it was horrendous. I really, I was you know I went out in the first rep, and I felt like I was going full effort, and I, I was running sort of five thirty pace, which is you know half marathon pace six weeks ago. So Bit of a wake-up call. Uh, anyway, the, the reps were consistent, about 5.20 pace, which was fine. So yeah. did that. It was good. Good to get the session back in. Uh, legs felt quite heavy the next day. Um, did a six-mile run at lunch, nice and easy. And then I took the next day off. And then on Saturday, I went, put my toe in the water and ran a park run. So we had our, yeah. our in-law, well, Fiona's parents were up, which was uh, nice. And her dad, Lawrence, he loves a park run. So we... Went down, did the beach park run, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was good to get back running fast again. Um, I ran sixteen forty eight, which is uh, this, which is bizarrely a PB, and uh, which is also bizarre. What's bizarre is I think I pretty much split that for the last five k at the Inverness half. It's just a distance I never do. So clearly, I've got work to do. But sixteen forty eight, I'll take that as a start for the summer. Um, we'll talk later on about a couple of races that we've now got lined up so yeah park run and then uh, an afternoon in the sun which was good and then yesterday went out with Fiona and did an easy easy 11 miles and yeah that's uh, for a 40 mile week so starting to build it back up which is good nice and steady that sounds, yeah that sounds pretty sensible um, um, yeah no surprise you're getting a park run uh, I, I know we spoke about this before you know you're, you're definitely um we know that you're much quicker than that. There's no doubt about it. You know, you're you're getting your your half marathon time down. Your ten k time's going to come down. It's going to be exciting times for you this season, Tom. <laughs> just keep the keep the bubble wrap on and make sure that 
Fiona Fitchin milk and you'll be all good to go. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it was it was good and we saw um had a a run against uh Tom Roach who we gave a shout out to on the on week one. He was only two weeks off the Sterling half and stop Sterling half the Sterling Marathon, I beg your pardon, Tom, after his stellar run there and he has uh, he's gone and run, I think he ran sixteen thirty five or something, so strong run from him. Oh, yeah. So I need to uh That's... clearly I need to start uh up my game a bit. Did um does he li- do you know if he listens to the podcast? Yeah. I don't know. I know one of his friends does because we got a comment from one of his friends who informed us that it was his debut marathon in Sterling. So big kudos to Tom for that. Wow, that's that's impressive. Um, well, I'm I'm one one thing. Uh, sorry, Tom. I'm I'm not. Um, I hope you don't take this personally, but uh, I'd love to know what Tom's cadence is. His cadence when he runs, he's super fast. Um, He's got such a. I remember running next to him. He's got a really quick cadence, really, yeah. you know, short stride. But it certainly works for him. Um, I'm Very not, unique I'm not style. Sure. Uh, they usually say 180 RPM or beats per minute. Not beats per minute. RPM. I take it. Um, I don't. I don't know what his one would be. Uh, but anyway, it's it's just something quite interesting. If you li- if you listen to this, Tom, get in touch. We would love to see your Garmin data on uh, on your cadence and see what the secret is. Yeah. I, I'm actually trying to look just now, but I can't. I can't see anything. So he might. Maybe he's hid it. Maybe he doesn't mm. want anyone to uh, find get find the secret. So right. Go. So anyway. that part one is an is a, a nice entry into running news for the week. So uh, there was a few races locally up here anyway um, last week, and um, maybe an international race we can touch on as well. Um, we'll start with the Longside Loop Ten, which is a new race in the northeast of Scotland. So. Big uh, pat on the back to Peterhead Running Club, who've set that up. It's a 10-mile race, and I'm chuffed to say that there was Metro Aberdeen winners in the men and women's race, with Ben Ward uh, running an impressive 56 minutes, uh, only three weeks after London, where he ran a big PB, and Emma Norrie won the women's race. So, um, very cool. And I think that race is it's sponsored by... Blue Toon or Blue Toon Brewery up in Stonehaven. So there, uh, sorry, in Big Pond in Peterhead. So there was beer prizes, which is a great initiative and something we we thoroughly back. Oh, certainly. That's 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 awesome. Well, congratulations to to the winners and also the any the other participants who took part. Um, I was having I was thinking about doing it as a as an effort just for the beer. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm delighted to hear that that Ben Ben Ward. Um, you can get him on Instagram. Um, his Instagram account um, is aptly uh, named Ben Ward Run Beer. Ben, so, so I'll this, just say this is the shout out to Ben Ward is, Run Beer. It's one of the most entertaining Instagram accounts you'll come across. Oh, definitely. If you like beer and you like running and sheep, head over to Ben Ward Run Beer. Yeah. So yeah. kudos to Ben. Yeah, well done. It was a real um, family. It was a real family affair last weekend though, because Ben's uh, Ben's brother-in-law took a win on the weekend as well. Yeah, good old Cameron Strachan. I say it old, he's, he's younger than me, so he can't be old. Um, so yeah, well done to Cameron. Uh, I was looking at the results. He, he 16.02. Well, that's a speedy time for Cameron. At the Dinec um, Dash. Bear, bear in mind, Cameron only started running seriously uh, probably about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, Cameron, as a junior, was one of the, the top juniors in Scotland and certainly middle distance. Um and for whatever reason, he he just he stopped running. Uh, played football, ate lots of. Um, I, I know he's, if he listens to this, 
Um, I hope uh, I'm sure he'll he'll understand why I'm saying microwavable. Um, what what are those burgers you can microwave? What are they called? Gingsters, not gangsters, are they? Gingsters, that's a sandwich. No, it's not them. It's you, you get burgers. I know the ones you. I know the ones you mean. Yeah, I remember them from uni. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I worked at Run for it, that's all they ate for lunch was those microwavable burgers, or microwavable lasagna. Uh, anyway. But you know, he's obviously this... got his he's obviously got his act together, and he looks he looks like he's a runner again. Which well, is he's great, he... great to hear. Cameron's done a, a Colin McCourt. He, you know, the guy who did had a a bet on to run a time and uh, lose weight and come back. So Cameron last year made a bet with Ben to by the end of the year run sub seventeen or and there was cash involved. And fair play to him, he's done it and he's gone another. He's gone on. I think it was sixteen oh eight yesterday. So he's absolutely. I think it was sixteen oh two. Was it oh two? Wow. Sorry, Cameron. Yeah, yeah absolutely flying. That is awesome. So yeah, well done, Cameron. Um, I what, what, we also had a metro. Uh, oh God, who 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 was first female? It was. It was Hazel Wyness. Hazel, Hazel, well done, Hazel. Um, I think she was just over nineteen minutes for that. Um, so yeah, excellent. A win's a win. Um, she I think she smashed. Well, she beat them by a fair chunk anyway. So congratulations, uh, Hazel. Um, was Hazel doing? She, she, she was doing London was she, she was yeah so a good, good for her to come back with a, a sharp 5k yeah yeah going from a, a marathon to a 5k is a bit of a oh it's going to be a bit of a ball buster yeah. that isn't it yeah, tell me about um, it certainly for the blokes anyway uh, <laughs> so yeah that, that's great um, and there was a few other races my local race the Ben Romick 10k um, so we had the winner of that was Donny McDonald from Inverness Harriers uh, so he ran just over 34 minutes he I was 33-35 for the win oh sorry sorry Donnie 33-35 uh, and Kenny's brother I keep saying Kenny's brother James Wilson I'm not going to call you Kenny's brother now you're James Wilson that's you, you, we don't need to call you Kenny's brother like people say to me oh, that's uh, that's Kyle's Kyle's wife Debbie <laughs> she's she's uh, each to anyway take take this bag will you Tom <laughs> okay right so yeah and the female we had the Metro Aberdeen winner and that was Kaylee Jarrett as well so I think she got a PB actually did she not just run over a 37 no I think that's to, I think Kaylee's run 36-43 last year I was looking earlier she's run that in a 10k at Glasgow last year the um, one of those, one of the series down there, but thirty-seven oh three on Sunday, so a, a solid run from her, and um, I'll be interested to see if she can, she can start to get into back into the thirty-sixes through the summer. So, yeah, brilliant, well done, Kelly. And that field and... was, well, that field was running out. Rona Grant second place, thirty-seven forty-six. Laura Stewart third uh, in thirty-nine fifty-eight, which is interesting. And we talk about old man Dave, but I think we really need to talk about old man Nick, who is. Really is the ultimate old man, Nick, who is a, a Metro Aberdeen runner, Nick Melosarov. I think I've pronounced that correctly. He is one of our club stalwarts. is a regular Masters champion at um, cross country events, and he's won the M50 division at the Ben Romack 10K in thirty four fifty nine, which is strong. Wow, that's that's some going. Um, I don't know how close he is to being a sixty year old, um, but I know he's probably going to hate me for saying this, but even as a is he is he I don't I don't know if he's over fifty five or over. 
Um, anyway, the reason I, I the reason I say that is obviously you've got your you've got your world rankings and you've got your um, your age group rankings as well. Um, so I, you know, a time like that, he's he's not going to be far off um, being the number one um, ranked, you know, ranked ranked for mm. his age uh, in the ten k's. And and I know a, a couple of years ago he did the ten mile race and he ran. Did he not run a fifty four ten mile? Yes, he did. He did. Yeah, mile, very which strong. Is, that is some going that. Um, so yeah, well done, Nick. Good to see that you're running and you're winning races still. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, keep it up. I think Nick Nick tends to head down uh, to one or two races in Glasgow in the summer. I know that's the Ronald Camuslang team have got some strong, strong masters runners there. So it'll be good to see him how he mixes with those guys when he when he heads down. Yeah, well done, excellent. Keep it up. So we also had this weekend. It was the Helensburgh 10K. Uh, result, uh, sorry, uh, part of the Babcock series and down down that way, and some good results there. Craig Ruddy, thirty two oh six, which I know is not, I know he's a thirty minute um, runner from Inverclyde, but that's still uh, it's obviously a good stand that race like that. Mike Deason, thirty two thirty one, then Murray McClarty, thirty two forty seven, Central AC, and I believe that's um, uh, we're speaking of James being Kenny brothers. I believe that's uh, Morag McClarty's brother. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, jeans. Murray's Murray's a good, a quick, quick guy in his own right. Um, he's been on the scene for for a while. Uh, I haven't heard his name for a while, but yeah, that's pretty decent. Um, yeah, I'm just looking. I'm looking further down the results, and um, I notice uh, Tewaldi Men Tiab he from Shettleston. Um, quite a disappointing run from him. Uh, I don't know if he's been recovering from injury. Um, or what? But he's he's a sub thirty minute ten k guy uh, as well. So yeah, interesting to see that he was so far down the field. Mm. And perhaps he has been injured. We we, we don't know. Um, and and he's back back running quick soon and pushing the pushing the standard yeah, up. Hopefully, the front. Um, again, the female female winner was Katie White from Garskew Palliers, thirty five thirty two, and uh, Fanny Garuko from Central Athletics mm-hmm. Club, thirty six oh three. And third place was Elspeth Curran, Kilbarkin, AAC, in 36-35. So, yeah, quite a quick women's field. Um, must be a must be a pretty decent course. Have you done it before, Tom? Do you know anything I ha- about it? I haven't. I've not done it. But, you know, these, these Babcock series races, the 10Ks they've got through sort of May-June in in that part of the world are events I would lo- I'm really keen to get down to. I think it's... Uh, uh, we've talked potentially about going down for the Shettleston 10k, uh, which is in Glasgow Green, I believe, towards the end of June. So that's that's on my radar as a as a maybe. So I'll let you know. Excellent. Make a date. <laughs> so we also had we also had this weekend a, a race that's favourite with a lot of our club uh, ladies, the Smokies 10 mile road race, which is organised by Arbroath Footers, which is a, a ladies only 10 miler and. Uh, it was it was held this year and uh, won by Jennifer Crookshanks, Fife AC, one oh eight. Second place Karen McPherson, also Fife AC one ten, and third place Alison Clark, who appears to be unattached and she was one eleven. And I'll give a shout out to the Metro Aberdeen ladies who picked up the uh, a team prize and um, yeah, it's great to see them getting down, supporting that and winning that. Um, in actual fact that was the, the Metro ladies making up that team were Alison Pilichos, who was eighth overall herself and one fourteen. Claire Smith, 
Laura Campbell and Bridget Stevens, one twenty-three yeah. twelve. So, so yeah, way to way to go, Metro ladies. That's great. Yeah, well done, Metro ladies. Excellent. And yeah, June last week as well, we had the the Myatt Hill race. I've never. Have you heard of? You done this before? I haven't. Tom? No, I know yeah, it's a, a, fav- a favorite on the fixture for many people though. Yeah, it's. Um, I was looking again. I haven't. I looked at a picture, and it's quite a steep. I think it's quite a steep climb and a steep descent. Um, there was a lot of bum sliding. I think. Uh, mm. Looks quite, yeah, quite a difficult, difficult run actually. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I, I hate that kind of. Ter- I hate really steep climbs and really steep descents. I just find what's a, why 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 um, sliding your ass down a hill race. You know, you should be running, not sliding down down your ass. But hey ho. Um, so yeah, I, do, I don't like these type of races, but. I know a lot of people do. So anyway, the top three were Scott Fraser from HBT, uh, Jonathan Crickmore from HBT, and our very own Met Aberdeen runner Hamish Battle, uh, who came third, and he was second. Uh, it was also um, doubled up as the Scottish University Hill Running Championships as well. Um, so yeah, Hamish got a second in that as well. So congratulations, Hamish. Um, yeah, he's running pretty well just now. He's uh, great warm up for the Inter Counties Hill Running Championships uh, this weekend down in England. Um, he'll be representing the North as well. So, ace. Very good. Well done, Hamish. On the hill running theme, we also had this weekend the Ben Loman Hill Race, which was won by Commonwealth bronze medalist Robbie Simpson, which is a uh, which is great to see him. Obviously, recovered well from from that and uh, and and back in back on his preferred terrain of hilly uh of hills so well done to robbie yeah well done robbie um he's i think he's got a new instagram account called is it fat simpson fat simpson and i think we should refer to him as fat simpson on future podcasts for that reason Uh, yeah he likes i think he like he does like food um i remember doing a race in italy with him it was a it was a race called it's trophy of venoni it was called um that was kind of probably the first time i I got to know him quite well, and the amount of food that boy eats, you know, and he, there's nothing of him, uh, is, is incredible. Uh, I tried to eat as much as he did and realised that I was putting on a lot of weight, and then again, you know, he, he probably puts in about 40 extra miles a week than I do, so, um, so but quite right, eat as much as he can and run as much as he can. Yeah, um, well done, okay. well done Fat yeah. Simpson. Well, well done Fat Boy. So anyway. we'll finish off with the moving away from Scotland. There's an international race, which you are the the resident expert on ultra trail running and having competed at a world champs yourself. I think you're in a best place to talk about this. But there was a big uh, there was the world ultra trail champs this weekend. Yeah, there was. Um, I was watching. Or I was I was refreshing the, the the live tracking for about eight hours on a Saturday, um, much to to Debbie's annoyance. Um, even when I was about to do my my trail, my my interval session, I was uh, one more refresh to see how the guys are getting on. Um, so overall, uh, the UK the GB team did pretty pretty amazing to be honest. Um, they got a silver, they got a team silver, and we also got an individual bronze as well from a guy called Tom Evans. Um, this guy's been he's fairly recent on the scene in the ultra running world. Um, he. He, he came, in fact, last year he was third at the Marathon de Sables, um, which is a, a desert 
stage run. Um, I can't remember how many miles it is, but it's a it's a long way and it's really warm. Um, so I think this course certainly suited them anyway. Um, but yeah, it was really good to see the GB team doing so well. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll give you a kind of lowdown in the results. Um, yeah, so the Tom Evans was third. He got a bronze. Um, well, in fact, the top three were Louis, Louis Alberto Hernando from Spain. Um, he was last year's world. He was last year's champion as well. Um, he started off quite, you know, at the, not at the back, but he, he started off um, fairly conservatively um, and pulled himself through. Uh, and yeah, won the race by about ten minutes. Bear in mind the race is 80 kilometres in length, um, fairly, uh, you know, a mix of runnable as well, steep and technical terrain. Uh, certainly in the the, the first half, um, I think the well, the first, the second half is a bit more difficult. Um, quite a lot, you know, it's pretty humid. Uh, but yeah, yeah, made made for quite tough conditions, so it probably would have certainly suited the the the, the countries like Spain and. Uh, yeah, but anyway, the, the yeah the GB team did pretty well. Um, they were third, fourth was Jonathan Alban, who's uh, he, he's he's a world, he's I think he's a world Spart- Spartan champion or something. Um, and we had a guy called Ryan Smith from the USA, who's he's actually got um, links with Scotland as well. I think he might have, I'm not sure if he's from Scotland. Don't know much about him. Uh, he was I think he was fourth, sixteenth. Uh, and we then had our very own uh, local celebrity, Rob Sinclair from Inch Trail Runners. He was um, 38th, 38th place he was. So yeah, uh, and finally we had uh, Casey Morgan who was um, in 55th place. Um, I didn't, I didn't actually know Casey Morgan was selected for the team. I think it must have been a late, late selection. Um, so yeah, that 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 made the certainly made up the GB team, the male mm. GB team. Yeah, good. So yeah, there you go. And the women's side, um, I believe they were. Uh, I don't know too much about the women's side, uh, other than I think they were in the top, the top five in the teams anyway. Um, so that was pretty impressive. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, Holly Page was the leading GB runner in ninth place. So there you go. Very good. Well, obviously it was a um, good to see. Rob representing the northeast at a race like that, um, and I think uh, it's uh, obviously. I remember last year watching you on the track of running, which was cool. Getting that GB vest, and I'm I've I'm no doubt that you'll be mixing it hopefully in the future again and getting uh, and getting back in, in in the mix there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously this year was uh, it was there was no selection race, there was no trial race. It was based on on current form. Um, and I know, obviously, they've, they've, you know, the GB team, the selectors have done well picking, you know, picking a team which has managed to medal. Um, but equally, you know, it, it, it's disappointing when when you haven't to rely on uh, subjective um, choices as well. Uh, you know, personally, I, I, you know, I felt that I, I was I was first Britain twenty six last year. Um, that I, you know, I, I should have had a, you know, had had a shot of going back and. Proving, my, proving myself that I could, you know, get a better position. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, certainly what I would urge for next year is that there's a trial race at least, um, so you can prove, you know, that if you don't if you don't get in the top three in the race or you don't fulfil what the, the, the 
the trial, the selection is uh, for the trial race, then you don't go. Um, so yeah, hopefully next year they're, they're going to have a trial race for it. So we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, we are eagerly awaiting, and I'm sure that you'll be the first person to know and to to get to get, keep our listeners up to speed on what's going on with that. Yeah, definitely. So that's really it for this week's racing. Uh, and obviously we've, we've we've talked about a few northeast runners there. Um, what we're going to do this week, then we're we actually got another interview after we had some good uh, good responses to our interview with Fiona last week about her experiences running in Denmark, and we're actually going to now interview one of Scotland's greatest marathoners of all time. So Kyle this week has been chatting to Fraser Klein, who is a an Aberdeen-based runner, yeah, a former runner. Fraser was um, Fraser was an Aberdeen AAC member, um, and Fraser's resume is is incredible you know his his he's run at um the commonwealths in edinburgh he's run world cross country he's got an outrageous marathon time which he'll talk about and uh he's a guy who's really offered a huge amount to the northeast running he's a uh, he's supported uh aberdeen ac he's a founding member of metro aberdeen and is is a remains a, a very much uh, involved part of the club and and supporting those of us now who are running and you know, really, he's just a, an inspiration locally. He's also a journalist and, and writes for the, the P&J um, and the Evening Express in Aberdeen and, and has also been known to have his have articles published in other magazines. So, great guy, and we're all really excited to hear what uh, he's got to say to Kyle. Okay, welcome to the show, Fraser. Thank you very much for coming in and speaking to the Tartan Running Shorts podcast. You're our second uh, interviewee. Uh, we had Fiona Bryan in the second interview and Fraser Klein, who is one of the best ever Scottish marathon distance runners. Um, he's going to be fairly modest when I say that, but he is. Looking at his times, he is. So Fraser, can you just tell us just a little bit about who you are, what you do? Okay, Kyle, thanks very much. It's uh, great to be part of this new pioneering <laughs> podcast. <laughs> in at the front. Um, my running background, because I'm so old now, it stretches back quite a long time, but I was never a, a, a runner as a youngster. I didn't really get involved in it as a sport until I was about 18, 19, which was maybe an advantage. I never suffered from the syndrome a lot of kids have of being good when they're young and winning everything and then stepping up to the seniors and struggling. I just struggled from the start. Um, and I got involved primarily as a pro- cross-country runner and a bit of track and then eventually graduated to the marathon um, I would rather have been a great 1500 meter runner because obviously you can do a lot more of these and it didn't seem quite so punishing but the marathon ended up being my main event and it was um, I really enjoyed you can enjoy doing it I really did enjoy my marathon running career and I, I got a tremendous amount from it wow um, thank you very much Fraser that's a, a good insight um, but yet yeah, Fraser, can you just tell us a little bit about um, your times as well? Just your personal best from uh, the, the shorter distance to the the longer distance. Okay. Um, yeah, as I say, I started off doing cross country, and then when I did track to begin with, I sort of worked my way up through the distances. But um, so my PBs uh, for eight hundred meters, which I think is the shortest race I've ever done, was one fifty eight. Um, uh, for 800 was 158, for 1500 was 355, 3000 meters 814, 5000 I think 1418, 10k on the track 29, 22, 28, 50 on the roads, um, half marathon 
62.54 and the marathon 2.11.50. Wow, that's incredible times. Um, and just obviously looking at your times, um, your track times, would that, I, I take it that would have been on cinder track, was it? <laughs> well, I, I know I said I'm old, but not that old. I mean, all other tracks did come into existence during my career but then when we ran the 29-22 on the track I did that with uh, one of my rivals and friends at the time Graham Lane who also ran the Commonwealth Games and was fifth in the very first London Marathon and not so long ago I looked back through my training diary and we did it up at Balgowney um, on a Tuesday night and it wasn't a particularly great night and we just ran around together we both did 29-22 and uh, when I looked at my diary I found out that I'd, I'd done a eight mile session at lunchtime and in the seven days leading up to that I'd run over 100 miles that week so it was hardly going into it fresh and I think that was the way I treated a lot of my track races they weren't really priorities for me because I knew I wasn't fast enough for yeah. the track so they were part of the training regime looking back now I wish well maybe had a proper go at it yeah. because 2922 is not great and you know it would have been good to have just seen what was what was possible in fact I actually ran a 29 30 odd split during a marathon once so uh, I'm sure you know I could have been a little bit faster but track I uh, I always found track you know, it was just too fast for me at the top level I ran a few international track races and they were always pretty disastrous my first one uh, which was at Crystal Palace in London in 1980 just before the Moscow Olympics 3,000 metres and I finished last <laughs> and uh, it was a sobering experience because at that point I thought it was you know, reasonably good. I bet your time is still amazing, though. Um, I can't remember the time, but I don't think it was. I, I wasn't really too well prepared for the race. Um, I also did a, a 5,000 metres again at Crystal Palace in the early 1980s, and it was an absolutely stacked field. And I remember lining up. It was like one of these Grand Prix meetings. The place was packed. It was on TV, and they were introducing the athletes going along the line. There was guys like Henry Rono, the Kenyan guy, who was a world record holder for 3,000, 5,000 for the steeplechase and for 10,000 metres. John Walker, who was the Olympic 1,500 metre champion. Um, Eamon Coughlin from Ireland, who was the world indoor mile record holder. And then there was me, who had won the Scalty Hill race. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I remember that, that race. I mean, we got to 3K, and I thought, I'm doing really well. I'm in the leading group. And uh, the 3K time was like 8.18, which was about four seconds outside my best. And I thought, OK, it's pretty nippy, but I'm there, I'm hanging in. And then the race started. And it was, I mean, it just took off, and I was blown away. I, the only way I can describe it is like doing, you imagine yourself running 3,000 metres flat out and then finding yourself at the start of a 1,500-metre race. Because, oh, you know, they just, I, th I think I finished 50 seconds behind the winner. And that was all in the last two k. That's incredible. And, and they just—it was just you know finding yourself, as I say, in a totally different world. So I realised I didn't have the pace for track. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's that's awesome. So moving up the distance, um, looking at your time, I think you're fair to say you know your stronger disciplines are your your half marathons and your marathons. So your half marathon time, sixty-two, fifty-four, fifty-four, um, which is still you know one of the top times in Scotland. I think still in the top. I've, I've, rankings I've, I've no idea the, the Scottish all-time ranking lists aren't very complete because I think you know, they've been trying to retrospectively fill them. Uh, obviously, Callum Hawkins has run bang on the hour, which is f you know phenomenal, and Callum's you know the biggest uh, 
the Simpsonian talent that we've had in recent years, and unfortunately, Commonwealth Games didn't yeah. work out for him. But um, I don't know. I, I've no idea where it features in the the rankings. I, I know, you know, I, I run quite a few. 63s, 64s, um, and at that time that was fairly, you know, there was a lot of guys doing that, you know, guys like Alistair Hutton, who wouldn't have been far away from Callum Hawkins' yeah. time in his day, and Alistair, of course, won the, the London Marathon in 1990, so there was a lot of good guys around at the time, which I think was, was a big bonus for everybody, you know, the, the more good people you've got around about you to compete against, then the better I think you're going to be. Yeah, Brilliant, well, I, I suppose that leads on to the next question is, um, you know, I know you, you've spoken before about um, having groups of runners that you, you run with and do you think you know a lot of people run themselves and, and perhaps maybe don't realise their, their full potential but for you, do you think running in a group helped? I th- it's variable, I mean I, I speak about running in a group, I mean competitively yeah. in good quality races and I think you've got to put yourself out there and, and compete and I've got views about the difference between racing and training um, for training I think there are benefits in group runs at times. There's times when I think you want to do it on your own. And if I look back to the 1980s in Aberdeen, when we had a big squad of good distance runners, you know, a lot of guys that could run under 225 for the marathon. And we rarely actually trained as a group. We maybe at most twice a week. And that tended to be the long runs when you, you know, I think it's better to do the long runs with, with other people. But the specific... Training sessions, the tracks, well, not track sessions, but the interval sessions, the speed work, all of that, I prefer to do on my own because I'm in total control of the session. You do these sessions as a group, there's a tendency, it doesn't become your session, it becomes whatever somebody else is doing or what the group's doing, and it becomes a bit of a compromise. So I prefer to do my specific hard sessions on my own because then I'm in control, and I, I, I didn't have any problem motivating myself to, to run hard in these and again, it comes back to the distinction I'd make between racing and training. I think there's a danger in group sessions to the, for them to become competitive, which is not what it's about. You know, it's about training. Um, if you can be disciplined enough to train as a group and do the, tr- the sessions properly, then that's fine. But I think there's always a risk that as soon as you put a group of people together, give them an interval session, it's going to become a race. Um, so, yeah, there's there's... I, I see pluses and minuses to, to group training. By all means, it's you know I, I think for a lot of people it's a good thing, um, but there are times as well when I think you have to do it on your own. And, and particularly if you're aiming for long races, where quite often you might find yourself alone in the race anyway. So you have to have that mental discipline to be able to do your own thing, to react to that, and be able to knuckle down and give your best performance on your own because that's what it is at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah no, I think that's... That's that's really good advice. Um, I think great experience from that as well. I, I think as well, it's so difficult if you're running so many miles a week to run with somebody every day. So you kind of have to run uh, by yourself to, to get better, really. Um, just touching on the long run, you, you mentioned running with other people in the long run. Now, I know you've said this before, your your long runs aren't always easy. But I know you say you don't, you don't do, you know, you don't race in, in training, but... From what you from what you've you've told me about your some of your long runs, you kind of you push it sometimes, which is yeah. perhaps something which you know some of the groups should should be looking at doing as well, maybe. Yeah, well, I think if, if you're training for a marathon, obviously um, you know you're going to have to run 26 miles at a good pace, but you can't replicate that in training. You know, you, if you're training for 10k, 
it's easy to do a session that replicates a 10k <coughs> experience, you know, 10 by 1 kilometer or 2 by 5k, whatever, <coughs> excuse me, but you can't run 26 miles in one go at your race pace, you can't do 26 by a mile unless you've got the whole day to do it. Um, so you have to find a different way of doing it, and one way I think you can do that is to break it down. So you might have runs of up to 20 miles, but you wouldn't necessarily run all of that at your, your marathon pace, but you might do 10, 12, 14 of it at marathon pace. But then the next day you could go out and do another 10 at your marathon pace, and, and sort of it's almost an interval session spread over two days. Um, when I was at my peak, some of my training weekends might be a Saturday. Occasionally it would be in the morning I would do a 10-mile run, which would include six by a mile at you know faster than marathon race pace. Later on in the day, I'd do a steady 10 at about, you know, a little bit below marathon pace. And then on a Sunday, I could do 20 with at least half of that at marathon pace. So over 24 hours, I would be doing 40 miles. Oh, yeah, and, and a fair proportion of that would be at a you know, pretty healthy, yeah. sustained pace. And again, it, it leads into the next question. There's so many devices out there and apps that you can use to track how fast you're going, how, how long you're going for, and what your mileage is. For you, um, how did you gauge how far, you know, you're, you're talking about effort level um, rather than pace. Yeah. So how would you know that you're going at marathon pace? Yeah, I, th I think all these uh, devices and all the technology that's available now, GPS, watches, etc., are great for analysing what you've done. You know, they give you a lot of information, but they can also be dangerous in that, you know, some people seem to be dictated to by what their Garmin is telling them. I am obviously we didn't have that sort of technology in the past, so a lot of it was was running even without a watch, and um, or you might time the overall run. And say, well, you know, it, I was out for two hours today, but how did it feel? I felt, yeah, I felt I was running well for whatever bit of it, and it was it was based on effort and getting a feel and getting an understanding of pace being able to judge the pace and knowing when you were at the limit, when you were on the edge, when you were dropping back a little bit from it. And I think all of these skills can only be built up by doing it on a regular yeah. basis. If you're not actually tuned into that, it becomes very hard in a race situation to make the right judgments if you're not sure of what pace is, is, is the right pace for you at that particular time. You know, So it doesn't matter if, you're, if you set your garment around a a certain pace if you're struggling and that pace isn't attainable then you know you've got to pull back from it it doesn't matter what the watch is telling you you know you've, you've got to make the judgment yourself so I think an important aspect of running and distance running training it's not just doing the physical training but it's, it's tuning in to how is my body responding to the pace I'm running at can I sustain this pace for the rest of the race do I need to pull back now can I run a bit quicker and the only way you get that is by doing it in training and, and learning you know, what feels right. So it was very much on how does it feel and how accurate that was. Yeah. I think you'll find lots of examples of people that say, well, after a race, when I got my splits, it was pretty close to what I thought it was. Yeah, okay. um, I remember Mel Edwards speaking about his first marathon where his splits were pretty much bang on what he thought he was doing, and yet he didn't wear a watch. So right. he'd built in that, right. in, had that inbuilt sense of pace judgment, which is invaluable. That's, that's really interesting. Um, I think a lot of people would be, obviously, before you know that kind of talk is, if I don't have my Garmin, I'm never going to improve. I'm not going to improve as much. But what you're saying is, is almost it's good for analysing what you're doing, but essentially you're going to 
understand your body better than than you would by not wearing a watch. Um, Absolutely, and the whole point of training is your body adapts to the training you're doing, and and as I say, in a physical sense, that's great, but you also have to have that understanding of what changes are taking place and how you're responding to them. I mean, I've heard runners finish a run, I've said to them, how did that feel? And they said, oh, great, until I looked at my watch, and then I realised it wasn't so good. I said, well, wait a minute, if it felt good... If it felt fine, then that's that's it. Okay, your watch, you can then use the analysis and say, well, actually, it wasn't quite what I was expecting. So, you know, what do we need to look at um, because of that? But if it feels good, it was right for you on the day. You know, if if you know, if it doesn't, if it felt good and you looked at your watch and said, oh, crikey, I should be running even quicker, you're probably going to destroy your run by trying to run quicker when you didn't feel capable of running quicker. So you always have to adapt, and you can't be better every day you know you can't be at peak form every day you know it's you're going to have ups and downs good days bad days and you have to just look for that gradual progression over a longer period of time you know it can't be every day and every race can't be better than the previous one you know there'll be as i say peaks and troughs so but as long as things are generally going the right way you're fine okay. it kind of brings us on to the next my next question is in terms of training how what do you think the best or what do you think the main the main thing was that got you to that next level in the marathon? So kind of getting near what your personal best is now, um, two hours 11. How do you think, what do you think the main, the, the key thing was um, that got you to that level from, I think you started your first marathon, was it 220? 223. 223. Yeah. So you've taken like 12 minutes off that time. <laughs> That's incredible. So how did you do that? Well, I, I think, again, you know, you have to look at the whole background. So when I ran my first marathon, I did that off the back of a track season. And the longest race I'd done in, the say, the four months before that was 5K. Uh, and I just chucked in a few longer runs. So I had no idea, really. I wanted to try the marathon, see how it was. And I was very cagey about it. And I felt it was really easy for the first 22 miles. <laughs> and then I realised the last four can be a bit tougher. Um, so, yeah, so I was based really on track training at that time. Then I decided that I needed to, you know, I, I wanted to have a real go at the mile, and I thought I can do an awful lot better than that. So I switched my training to be more endurance-based. So um, instead of being more speed-based, there was a lot more a lot more miles in, a lot more quality miles, a lot of longer tempo-type running. So it was quite a significant difference. But I think, you know, when I ran 2.11, the, a guy called Alan Story, who was a national marathon coach for GB at the time, um, he said to me, where do you think that came from? And I said, well, I think the last two or three months, you know, things were going really well. I was racing well, I was training hard. And he said, no, no, it wasn't the last three months. Look back over the last two, two and a half years. You know, he says, that's where it came from. These performances don't come from what you did over a short period of time. It's the gradual, as I said earlier, the gradual progression, the different things that you do, the different elements, the different building blocks that all contribute to it. So you can't just take three months off the shelf and say that was it that was maybe the 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 end part of it but it's a long process and i think for most people you know you know most top marathon runners it, you know it doesn't ever happen overnight it's it's a gradual thing um but i suppose for me it was having a background of reasonable speed um, you know not not top class speed but reasonable speed and then be, being able to build the speed endurance onto that, be able to maintain that sort of speed for, for longer distances. When you ran your 2 hours 11, 
Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Because, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people want to know. Two hours 11, how did you do that? You know, what pace did you run at? Um, you know, was it, uh, what did you eat? What, what were you feeling? Um, you know, what was the training and the build-up? Um, just kind of briefly, how, yeah. how you think it? How okay, you um, well, again, it probably broke all the rules because it was the fifth marathon I'd run in 12 months, which is not, not what you would normally expect. Um, but I'd sort of had... I signs over that year that you know I was getting into the best shape I'd ever been. I'd run the I'd finished sixth at Berlin in September uh, in a quite a slow race, but it was a very competitive race, and you know I finished really really strongly. I remember coming up the the finish was at the top of the Kurfürsten Dam, and um, we were sprinting up there. There was about six guys. There was two guys well ahead, and this was for the minor placings. I eventually finished sixth. Um, but I finished that like, you know, it was like the end of a 1500 meter race. And I thought, oh, there's a lot more. Oh. There's a lot more there. Um, and that was like nine weeks before my 211. And in that nine weeks, I took a couple of easy weeks. I had six weeks of really good training, 100 mile weeks. I did quite a few races. I ran 63 something for a half marathon about three weeks before the marathon. So I knew it was off 100 miles training. So I knew it was in good shape. Um, and I went to America for the it was the U.S. championship race. And when I looked at the field, there was like 15 guys faster than me in the field. Um, so I thought, okay, well, let's see how it goes. And for the first eight, nine miles, they were nipping along, I don't know, just just over five-minute mile. And I dropped off the back of the group. And I thought, oh, this is going to be tough now. They're going away, they're going away, they're going away. And I was on my own. And I thought, right. It's decision time, you know, if you keep going like this, you're just going to end up like you did at Berlin, you know, you're going to finish feeling you didn't get it all, so let's take a chance. And I think you have to do that sometimes in racing, um, just give it a go. I heard you mention Kenny Wilson's performance in uh, Lilybelt yeah. <coughs> Half Marathon, where you, you were impressed by the way that he decided just to go out and give it a go. So it was a bit like that, I thought... I just got to try and see if I can get back on the group and see what happens. So I ran really hard um, for the next three miles till I caught the group just after halfway. And when I caught them, I realised, well, they're not going any quicker than I was. I'd been running quicker than they were to catch them, so I could relax. And, and as it went on, I, I, I felt really good, and I started putting in little surges because that was the way, that was one of my tactics for, for winning races is to be nipping along at a good pace and then every so often, almost imperceptibly try and up the tempo and see what happened. And every time I did that, it was a few guys would drop off the back. I'm just going to say one thing for the listeners. Try and, when your next run, when you're running with other people, go and try and do a surge and try and hold it. It's so tiring. Really, really difficult thing to, to master. You certainly yeah. have to train for that. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah and it's, it, it comes with an element of risk as well in that, you know, you, you've got to keep an eye on, I'm speaking about in a competitive situation, keep an eye on what, how the other guys or responding to it. So um, I did this every so often, and as I say, a few of them were dropping off. And every time we came to a little incline, there wasn't a lot, it was slightly rolling. Every little incline I pushed a little bit harder. And eventually it came down to about five or six at 20 miles. And I thought, right, I'm still feeling good. All i got to do is keep doing this. And ultimately what I would normally do is you'd put in these little surges is a tactical tip. <laughs> Little surges for maybe 10, 15, 20 seconds doesn't have to be much. And if you can judge that people are struggling with that, there comes a point where you decide, I'm going to try and win the race. 
and they're expecting it to be another 20 seconds, but you don't stop. You just keep going, and you can break them. But from that point on, you're committed. There's no turning back. Anyway, in this race, I kept going with the short ones until through 20, 21, 22. At 23, there's only three of us. I thought, okay, right. Now we're getting serious. Uh, I've got to try now. I'm, I'm beginning to feel the pace, you know, because we're nipping along it. It's about 501s. Um, so I made another effort, and one of the guys, the guy, a Swedish guy, Kjell Eric Stahl, who I knew had finished third or fourth in the World Championships the year before. He was a 210 guy. I thought, that's good. He's yeah. dropping back. And I had one guy left, and we were between 24 and 25. And I'm then thinking, right, when do I make this final effort? Can I make this final effort? And uh, I tried between 24 and 25, and the guy just stuck on my shoulder. And I had a wee look, and I could tell he was really comfortable. And when I realised who it was, it was an American guy, Kenny Martin. And it was his first marathon, and I thought, well, maybe he'll struggle. But the other thing I knew about him was he was a sub-four-minute miler, and we've got just over a mile to go. Um, and sure enough, that's what happened. We got through 25, and he just took off. I mean, he ran. He beat me by 20 seconds, and he did all of that in the last last mile. And I ran the last mile in well under five minutes. So, you know, I, I felt at the end of the day I'd done... You know, I thought I'd, I'd run as well as I could, uh, and it was a massive bonus to finish second in that race and, and, and to get the time. Yeah. Uh, but as I say, it was a, a decision at 10 miles that I could equally have decided stay in the comfort right, zone, yeah, just, yeah. you know, you, you're comfortable with this. But, you know, sometimes, as I say, it is worth just having a go and see what happens. Right, that's that's an incredible account of, of your result. Um, so would you say that's your your best? What, what would you say your, your biggest achievement is, running achievement? Um, I, I don't know. I think running gives you all sorts of achievements. You know, if everybody can achieve in running, that's the great thing about it. It's a personal sport. You set your own targets, your own goals. And I've enjoyed masses of things over the years. I mean, I, I felt great running 2045 a couple of years ago in the Christmas Day park run for 5K. You know, I never thought I'd see the day I'd be delighted with a 2045 park run 5K. But at the time, for me, that was significant and that was really, really satisfying. So I think, you know, it's not all about impressing people with times. It's everybody can achieve, set your own goals, fantastic things that you can get out of it. I mean, over the years, I mentioned Scotty Hill Race. I mean, seriously, the Scotty Hill Race at Bankery, I loved it. It was a nice little race, fantastic event. I think I won it about 16 times, you know, because I just liked doing it. Yeah. And, and that became a thing, you know, let's see how many times can I win this race. So you get... You know, you get a kick out of that. Um, the marathons, the 211, obviously. Um, the first overseas win, which was also in California and Oakland. I won that. Uh, 218, you know, I was delighted with that at the time. Finishing sixth at Berlin, you know, that was, you know, really pleased with that. And, you know, you could... Games as well. Commonwealth Games was a bit of a downer, to be honest. Um, I was pretty disappointed with that. I finished 10th, and but I knew for the only time in my life uh, I had really serious problems with injuries lower back problems uh, I was really really struggling I was going to physio and getting treatment and I knew going into that race I wasn't in great shape and it's really disappointing I gave it everything and I mean it was very emotional because home yeah, on home territory yeah. and I came into Meadowbank Stadium at the finish and the place is rocking you know anybody in a Scotland vest 
and yet you're, you know your performance is, is terrible. And I thought, oh, dear. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't good. But I saw, just after the race, I met the guy who'd been giving me the treatment, and he said, oh, he says, that was incredible. I said, what do you mean it was shit? I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> um, uh, he says, that was incredible. I said, what do you mean? Um, he says, well, when I was treating you, I thought you had no chance of, A, completing the race, and B, if you did, if you broke three hours, you'd be doing pretty well. He says, you were in such a mess. So, um, yeah, so it was it was a hard graft to, to do that, but disappointing given that I'd been running really well the year before, and I ran reasonably well the year after. But that's the way it goes, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, okay. So... Obviously, at the moment, yeah, you know, you've—is there anything that you would um, have changed in in your training from you know? Yeah, the I last, think last few years. I think, or, look, or I think looking back, yeah, I think, I think there are things you know you should never look back and say if only I'd done that. But if 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 it was assessing what I did now and saying, well, what would you do differently? I would make it a lot more focused. You know, as I say, I, I did focus to some extent on the marathon, but I was always tempted to try lots of other stuff yeah. as well you know as I say I'd throw in a Scotty Hill race or, or a 5,000 metres on the track or whatever so I think you know for somebody that's wanting to be the best they can be you need to focus 100% on, on the target and that's what's impressed me about guys like Robbie Simpson uh, you know who has been very disciplined and he focused on the Commonwealth Games putting a massive amount of really good preparation for it and executed his race plan perfectly on the day and got the rewards for that and it's real evidence of having that focused approach and it pays off for you so yeah if if I was doing anything differently it would be like it would be let's be more let's concentrate don't get distracted on other things okay excellent right um yeah I'm just aware of time uh I think we've both got work now (laughs) our real work um so we've got a few uh quickie questions we're going to call them um, so Fraser hasn't seen these questions yet, so hopefully he, he isn't. He, he's going to have quick, uh, quick answers. So there's about sixteen of them. All right, are you ready? Yeah, ready. <laughs> Long runner intervals. Long runner intervals, both. <laughs> you need to do them. Both. <laughs> Track or trail? Oh, trail every time. Flat or undulating? Undulating. Hill reps or four hundreds? Oh, definitely hills. <laughs> Rest day or recovery run? Uh, for me, recovery run. Favourite runner? Favourite runner, Lassie Viren, double Olympic 5,000, 10,000 metre champion on two occasions, and I met him at his home in Finland a few years ago. Great guy. Uh, stretch or massage? Oh. <laughs> Did you even do any of that back back then? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there you go, folks. You don't need to stretch him, no. <laughs> Favourite race? Favourite race? Well, a Scotty Hill race. <laughs> it's coming up soon, I think, isn't it? <laughs> Favourite movie? Oh, uh, tricky one. Um, I'll go for Million Dollar Baby. Oh. <laughs> Favourite shoe? Favourite shoe, Nike Pegasus. I thought you were going to see your Kurt Geiger there. <laughs> Early morning or late night? Oh, definitely evening. <laughs> carbs or protein? Both, but mainly carbs. <laughs> Cookies or crisps? Oh, cookies. Psych up song. Oh, quite a few uh, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Seger. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Favourite training session? Oh, favourite training session. Da, 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 da. 
um, mile reps, six by a mile, or, or a long 20-mile tempo run. <laughs> and last question, the Greggs or the Bryans? <laughs> <laughs> only, only joking, you don't have to answer that, unless it's Greg. <laughs> You're all great. <laughs> okay, on that note, thank you very much, Fraser. A real pleasure having you on the show, and uh, yeah, a real good insight in, into your experience. Uh, we could go on for hours, so uh, hopefully again we can get you back, uh, if you might not want to, though. Uh, <laughs> great, thanks very yeah. much, Kyle. Cheers, all the best. Thank you very much. Superb. Thanks for that, Kyle. That was an excellent interview and a great insight into one of the, the Scotland's best marathoners. So, what's coming up in the this weekend in the running world? Well, from a local perspective, we have the Baker Hughes 10K this Sunday. Um, so, we've, I think I believe there's a lot of Metro runners running. Um, we, I think Robbie Simpson's running as well, so he'll be mm-hmm. likely to be the favourite. Um your wife, your wife's running, isn't she? She is, yeah. She's running, so she's. Uh, yeah. I think she's in good shape for a good run. So hopefully, uh, yeah, two favourites there. Um, so good luck, Fiona, and yourself. You're running as well, aren't you? I am. Yes. Uh, um, it's one of those races. I think it's probably come a bit soon after London, but to be honest, it's the it's Aberdeen. It's our biggest 10k. I'm the club captain, so I need to get out there and and so represent show them how you do it. absolutely so uh, yeah, I think we've got a reasonable team going running um, we'll see how we go on I know the Aberdeen AC boys tend to turn up in strength I don't know I don't know exactly who's running but you, you know guys like Will Mackay Brock Drury are always always strong um, so yeah so we'll see how, we'll see how we get on but hopefully Metro can maybe have a, a stab at a team prize Excellent. Are you going out for beers afterwards, or wait, wait, what's the what's the plan afterwards? It's an early start, isn't it? It is quite an early start. I think it's a well. I think it's a normal start, you know. But certainly, you know, with a ten k, you know, if you've got a ten k starting at half nine or ten, you're finished way before lunch. I think the quite often a few of us tend to meet up for a burger and a beer at lunchtime. So, um, so that may happen depending on how well how well everyone gets on and how who's crying and who's celebrating. So we'll see. <laughs> Amazing. Hopefully, it's, hopefully um, it's double celebrations in the Brian household, and there's not, it's not one of us crying. Well, well, we'll see that. Yeah, you just make sure that you beat Fiona, right? Yeah, uh, mate. The trousers are are. There's a serious question about handing over the trousers this weekend. We'll have to, we'll have to if see you, if I can. You know, have to wear the trousers. You have to wear the skirt. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I think I've told you the story before, but when we were in Chicago and I realised on the day, the first day we were in Chicago, two days before the marathon, I opened my suitcase and realised I hadn't packed any running shorts. <laughs> so, uh, absolute <laughs> hey, that's disaster. Like you need your tartan running shorts. I know, I know. Always you put your tartan running shorts. Boxer shorts as well. Yeah, well, the problem is, so this was, we'd woken up really early because we were jet lagged. So it's, it's five o'clock in the morning and we wanted to get an early run in. But the problem was, obviously, the shops were open, so I couldn't go. For a, I couldn't go and buy any shorts, so uh, I had to borrow a pair of Fiona's shorts to run in. And the looks I got walking through that reception in the hotel were terrible. And I vowed never, ever will that happen again. And I need to do everything I can this weekend to maintain a firm hold on the trousers. Ah, oh, definitely. Well, good luck with that then. So Baker Hughes is this Sunday. Also this weekend we've got the Inter Counties Hill Running Champs. You mentioned Hamish representing uh, the North. Any other names running that we should be aware of? Yeah, well, in the north we have um, Hamish Ball, obviously from Metro, uh, James Espy from Deeside Runners, 
And we have Robbie Patterson from Forest. Oh God, he's going to hate me for saying that. He he runs for Murray Roadrunners now. Um, and Kirsty Rogan as well from Murray Roadrunners. Uh, and the, I'm not sure about the East and the West, but I do know Doug Tully, uh, Ewan Brown. Um, I think Murray Strain's also running. Um, Murray gave me a little comment saying he enjoyed the blog. Enjoyed the blog, so thanks for listening. Murray and hopefully you enjoy your shout out and good luck as well on the weekend and female in the female uh, of our teams are Georgia Tindley Gillian Stephen and Helen Bonser as well I believe and Scout Aitken Atkin uh, so yeah so that'll be that'll be good Great. hopefully it's you know they're going to come, you know, come come across well and um, I think it's quite technical some of the some of the parts but yeah, I'm sure it'll suit them all fine anyway. We also have the Great Manchester Run, which is always a a good race to watch with an elite field. I believe that's live on BBC, so fill your boots if you're a running athletics fan this weekend. I believe Kenny Wilson's running. He was meant to be running Baker Hughes, but he's going down to race the Manchester one. He'll be rooting to get a PB. So good luck, Kenny. Um, we've, we may have some big news about Kenny um, in the next couple of weeks, but... Um, can't divulge that, that, that news until until he, he gives us approval too. Okay, I'm I am in the dark like our listeners, so I'm sitting here on tenor hooks. Can't even tell you, Tom. Oof, I tell no. you, I have to kill you. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll wait like the rest of the listeners. Just podcast myself. So I think that's all the results that we've, or all the races. I should say we've really got coming up this weekend. Uh, Baker Hughes, big one. So uh, I'm uh, looking forward to that. I just want to make a shout out, it's not a race this weekend, but the entries have now gone live for the Tour of Fife. Now this is a race series organised by Fife AC who've been who've given us some good comments and feedback on, on the podcast, so I really want to share this, their event going live. I ran this event three years ago, it's, it's, a, ra- it's, a, a, it's a race series that starts on the Wednesday and it runs uh, five races in five days and there's a cumulative time aspect to it so the the, the person with the, the, the quickest cumulative time wins um it's a brilliant event it's a great if you can get down to fife and spend you know five evenings on the bounce running it's really good i um i ran it when i ran it it was uh it was myself and uh derek ray uh from fife ac uh, british paralympian who was running at the front and also friend and uh christophan ac runner ali brocky so the three of us kind of we're running and um, yeah, good fun. You get to know the guys over five days. Very competitive in a sort of cool way. So uh, if you if you've got the time, go to the Fife AC website. Have a look at the Tour of Fife, and yeah, and if you're if you're interested, get entered. But it's a it's a great event series. Entries are yeah. now live. I I remember when you did it, Tom. You you did quite well. Did you not get um, in the top top three overall? Yeah, yeah, and it was uh it was it was a, it was good. It was one of those races that it's not. It's because it's you have to do every night. It's not you get there was a couple of guys who came in who were quite quick and but didn't do all five nights. So you've got to be in it to win it. So you know you run off you run all the all the evenings and and uh, you get it. What's really cool is they've got a, one of the nights is a time trial up. A, it's, uh, well, certainly when I did it, it was the uphill time trial they called it, and it started at the base of um, East Loman, Falkland Hill on the road, and you ran you were you stay they staged you in thirty second intervals and. You basically had a time trial mile and a half up the hill, which was really, 
really cool sort of Tour de France atmosphere at the top where everyone stood around uh, quite close to the course with cowbells and whatnot. So, yeah, great, oh, that's great fun. That's, yeah, great fun. That sounds awesome. And what about beers? Do you get beers there? Uh, you can get beers there. I think there was a there was a, a couple of races started. There was one in St Andrews, one in Ceres, obviously the one in Falkland. Um, so yeah, there was opportunities to head to a pub afterwards. Sounds like a party kind of five <laughs> party day race. Atmosphere, yeah. Like a five day race binge. <laughs> Absolutely. Excellent. Well, yeah, entries. Where, where's the website for? Where's the best place to? So find? your your best bet is just to Google Tour of Five. 5AC and I think you'll you'll get an entry central um, notification brilliant wow excellent so, so that's coming up um, so I think that's about it Tom I think so yeah so next week we've got um, we've actually got James Cruikshank coming on who is a the a friend of ours and a, a very very good physio who you know James looks after some uh, elite teams Scottish swimming Scottish curling you know and he's a he's a nightmare to get an appointment with because he's always away with these stellar um, sportsmen. But yeah, we're fortunate enough that we'll be able to grab an interview with them next week for the podcast. So if you've got any questions for James, uh, get, let us know ahead of time and we'll see if we can tease some, some answers out of him. Yeah, certainly. So yeah, just to round off the show, um, feel free to email us um, at tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com. Um, anything you think would be enhance our show or any feedback um, would be hugely appreciated we're also on uh, Facebook so yeah if you can like our page share our page um, at Tartan Running Shorts thank you very much yeah thanks guys have a great week happy running and we'll speak to you next week